Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week we dive into the new experimental patch, more off-season moves, and a new showcase event coming this weekend. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you all are having a good December as far as good can be considered in 2020. Um, how have you been, Kevin? I've been okay. I've been uh, trying to stream as much as I can this week because next week is just packed with work. So uh, just trying to trying to have fun while I can. And then just just a little bit before the uh, the winter break, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh how about you? How how's the move been going? Are, are you you good? I mean, we we've been moved in for a while, but like everything is still in boxes. Uh nothing's we're sl- my mom's slowly going through all the boxes. Like she doesn't want anybody to touch it because like she just doesn't want anything to be moved without her knowing where everything goes. So just kind of letting her do that on her own. Um but yeah, I'm just kind of settling in at this point mostly um how how's your video gaming been all right i've been hopping around quite a bit i'm not gonna lie um i started off this week by playing job simulator on vr the hell is Um, job simulator it, it is job simulator if you if you miss going to work uh get job simulator uh it's it's a pretty quirky game it's kind of like a it it is just like robots making fun of the fact that like us humans had to do like office work and like (laughs) you would you go to you would go to the office like get your time slip eat a donut uh make some coffee you know have a powerpoint uh fire some people you know it's just like giving you the full range of what robots would think that we would do and then they did like (laughs) so i did the whole office worker run and i did the whole auto mechanic run which was really funny because like there's moments where you're just like oh like this is this is definitely not something that would happen in real life like no one would walk into an auto repair shop with their with their engine their batteries their headlights just replaced with lemons okay like that just (laughs) that doesn't happen but they're like, this man is trying to be eco-friendly. And I'm like, that's not how it works. And <laughs> it's just really interesting to see, like, you know, just those little bits and pieces um, yeah. coming in. But I thought it was just absolutely hilarious uh, to play that game. Uh, later on, though, I switched over to Beat Saber, which I've been doing in order to just, like, get a workout. Which, if people say Beat Saber is not a workout, it is. You, you're just not playing on the hardest enough levels. Uh <laughs> It's like the dancing games. Like if you actually yeah. do it, you actually like sweat and burn. Exactly. That that is how I looked at it. It's just insane uh the amount of speed that you got to have on some of those songs. Um and then today I was working on Pokémon a little bit and uh Ghost of Tsushima. I've been bouncing between the two of them. Uh totally the same game, I would say. You're still battling enemies that come at you um the the graphics are pretty um and there is fighting involved <laughs> so 
so that that is the the very basics of uh what both of them have to offer how about your gaming is there anything other than like are you just looking forward to cyberpunk or is, is everybody putting el- everything else on hold right now so i have not stopped playing hades since black friday uh i'm still going i i finally made it to like the credits i beat like the main story okay and something i discovered that like literally as soon as i i found this out i'm like i actually like verbally was like oh what the hell um so i beat the main game and then Mm. the credits play as as they tend to do and i'm looking through and like it's it's to the vocal cast and then when i see who plays megara i'm like what the hell because my friend Avalon, who I met in college, she was in one of my psych classes. Um, she's an actor. Uh, she was on the Gong Show with Mike Myers at one point, um, and she did some animated stuff. And then I asked her to be uh, to play a, a character in a web series that I'm writing with somebody else, and she said yes to that. And I, as soon as I found this out, I sent her a message. Let me see if I can find the actual message. It's not, it's not too important, but I want to get the, the accurate interaction. Um, so I said, holy crap, Avalon, you're Megara and Haiti. And she's like, haha, yes. And I'm like, I've been playing this game nonstop since Black Friday. When the credits hit, I verbally shouted, oh, what the hell? Um, and now that I know I can totally kind of, I can hear it's her voice now. There's a little bit of distortion on it. If you haven't played the game, um, there's like a little bit of an echo effect and it's like a little bit raspier, but now that I, I pay attention to it, I can, I can hear that it's Avalon. And like, I'm like, I'm literally playing this game right now. And she like, I thought, I thought you knew, I thought that's why you asked me to be on this animator project. I'm like, no, I just knew you were an actor and I saw your other work, but so that's an interesting thing that I, I, had not expected to discover about Hades and I'm still trying to work my way through is there an end game Kevin uh I think so I think there's a second way to play it because I know you because once you hit the main credits I I is it done you're supposed to be able to play as another character as well um, huh. uh, I I won't tell you who if you haven't okay. got to him but they it is there um oh interesting yeah interesting okay because i i've i've beaten the main game i don't i've i think i only did two successful runs after that because i'm just adding up the heat stuff and the the packs of punishment Mm -hmm. and then i'll get to like one hit of killing hades and then some stupid skull will explode and then just the giant green blast and then i'll die yeah and it just like last night I was playing it and I was like, I was one hit away from killing him. And then the green blast. And I just like shouted like, what the fuck at 4am? Yeah. Which was like not, that. not an ideal time to be shouting uh, obscenities and screaming. I know what that's like. Cause in college people would do that. And it's like not conducive to sleep. But honestly, I think the fact that I'm still playing this game and I'm not bored of it. And the fact that I now know that Avalon is part of it. I think I have to, I have to pull for, Hades to win game of the year. Although Ghost of Tsushima currently has the the fan vote for um, the game of the year awards. Uh, not official yet. I think the game awards are on the 12th, I want to say. So Friday, they should be actually, or is it Saturday? Sometime this week, we're going to find, find out who the actual winners are. Um, but as it stands, it looks like Ghost of Tsushima is pulling ahead. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, I feel like Hades is more, it's more fun in a way. Like, it, it's a different run every time. Ghost of Tsushima yeah. starts to get repetitive after a certain moment. Yeah. Like, you're like, okay, yeah, I got to sneak in, got to kill these guys, got to leave, got to talk to some lady who's, <laughs> like, over in this village. Oh, she tells me that there's a bathhouse close by. All right, I go there, right? Um, it's pretty. That's one thing yeah. that I could give it. But, like... Every single time that you do Hades, you can't predict the run. Oh, no. Like, yeah. You have to go in and be like, oh, okay. Well, Poseidon's here. So I guess I get something that pushes. Right. Okay. I ran into I ran into uh, Ares. Now I got to do something else. Right. Um, it's like, please, can I get Athena at some point? Because I'm going to get absolutely destroyed if I don't find a def- deflect, you know? Yeah. It's, it's one of those games where it's just like you have to roll the dice and hope that you get what you need. Um. But that's like, what makes the whole never, fun. Yeah, that's you what can never predict what enemies you're going to find in, like, whether you're going to get, like, a completely awful mini boss or something that you could do relatively easily. Whereas in, like, Ghost of Tsushima, it's like, talk to this old lady. Oh, my relative is missing. Can you find them? Oh, yeah, I found them. They're dead. Oh, I'm <laughs> sad now. I'm going to well, go to the safe spot. <laughs> go to the shrine with the rest of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah, definitely. Ghost is so beautiful, and it it really, I think it performed really well. It it I think what is it? It's the fastest selling IP that Sony owns. I think I think it outsold everything else this year. So that's definitely an achievement. But it, it's not the same as playing Hades. Like I can throw myself over and over again at these hapless demons, but like it gets kind of like once you get like the the really good armor for Jin that you can just like stand off everybody it's kind of it's kind of super easy after that yeah it it gets to a certain point where you've like played through a lot of it already yeah <laughs> okay i this is going to get semi political but have you noticed that in like when you're in Tartarus those big like fat lumbering ones the 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 sloth i think I can't remember what they're called, but the really big fat ones, the blonde ones, do they look like Trump? Uh, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was no way that was. There's like, no way that's in- unintentional. Unintentional, right? Like that's a that's a legit thing. There's, <laughs> there's no other way. Uh, the hair and the color. Yeah, well, it's that as well as just like you know absolute uh-huh. nonsense of words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have no other way of really saying yeah. it. Here's another like non Overwatch related thing in gaming that like I I saw this week. Um, do you, Kevin? Do you play with inverted controls ever? Uh, it I feel like there's only one instance where inverted is okay, and that's like if it's already reversed in a helicopter, and uh-huh. you gotta like do it that way. Um, that's the only time when like inverted controls I feel like need to be the way how it is yeah but otherwise like yeah i can't really i can't mentally put myself back into golden eye it's just <laughs> too hard see like i i think it was i want to say it was battlefront 2 that i was playing like i normally i absolutely hate doing inverted controls i think i was playing battlefront 2 it was, it was a very recent game but i was playing it and then the controls weren't inverted and i just couldn't function so it's it's so weird that like 
I, I wasn't able to to play with uninverted controls when I absolutely normally hate inverted controls. It's like, why would you not just push up to go up instead of push down to go up? And I understand that like a lot of times it's it's trying to mimic being in an actual flight uh, cockpit and like having to pull down on the stick to go up. But yeah. like most of us aren't pilots. Most of us don't need that that level of re- realism when we're playing, right? Yeah. But um, I was reading, I think it was, the, where is it? The Daily Mail. I No, no, it was on The Guardian. So I was reading a Guardian article and apparently like scientists don't understand why gamers who aren't, um, who aren't pilots or play or prefer to go on inverted controls and there's like a 50-50 debate but there's actually like a study that's going to be conducted now um at the university of uh, brunel university in london to figure out like what in our brains makes some of us prefer to invert the controls which honestly i i can't believe that's something that hasn't been done before it seems like it seems like a very um obvious thing to to study in gamers but then i think Maybe it's just because gamers have been a, a very neglected population until very recently, until gaming's kind of been uh, more legitimized, you know? Yeah, I could I could understand that. Like, I feel like for pilots, it makes sense because that's just how a plane works, uh, how aircrafts work. But for us as, like, players, we expect up to be up and down to be down. Um it took me a while as well to like if you're out in the practical field and you ever have to use like a like a dolly crane or something like that that has literal inverted controls you go you go left to go right you go right to go left plus down to go up and up to go down but uh you have a reference monitor to at least look at it and see what it looks like on the other side so yeah inverted controls is kind of something that i know I feel like older generations who probably grew up with the golden eye and like games that were forced inverted probably are used to it by now. But like our generation where we're used to, you know, things being the direction that it's supposed to be, uh, it, it really throws us off when we're put into a situation like that. Right. And like, I think they were looking for 500 volunteers for subjects for this, um, this experiment and in a single day they got the, the 500 yeah it, i feel like that's something that it's interesting to learn about just being like why do we as uh why do we as players prefer to have it as is rather than inverted is it right. just the fact that we're used to it or is it because like of something else i mean because it's it's relevant to our lives yeah it's very relevant to the way how we play our games and like if, if let's just say if a study does come out and say like you know inverted players are faster or something like that you think people are going to start flipping over I'm, sure, I'm i'm really trying to remember what game it was that i was playing cuz like normally i was it star wars cuz normally i i go into the uh the settings and i turn off inverted but i was playing this game and there was no option to invert and i was really mad and it really confused me because I hate inverted controls. Uh, yeah, my friend uh, the narrator. If you guys want to watch him, he's got a really awesome voice, and I went to high school with him. But uh, 
he played Billy Hatcher uh, for the for the GameCube, and he was like, "Oh, oh my this, god, this the giant okay. egg!" Yeah, the giant egg. He beat the whole game, and he was like, "I." He wasted so many like hours trying to get an egg on a ramp. It was insane. But um, the next game that he ended up playing was like Luigi's Mansion, and Luigi's Mansion is inverted. Um, there was an there wasn't an option to reinvert, so he tried to bind his keys to do the opposite, but it didn't work for him. So he ended up playing Luigi's Mansion inverted, and he finished that before he finished Billy Atcher, which is really funny. But it it just ends up working like that sometimes, you know? Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens. This is this is the weird kind of innovation that happens in COVID. You can't study normal people, so you study gamers. I mean, we do have the more interesting things going on <laughs> right now. We are an interesting people. Yes, we are. Okay, so let's get into the Overwatchy parts of this podcast. So we've got another experimental patch fairly recently on uh, December 3rd. So the day after we... Uh, recorded the last episode um i don't know if it's still live i haven't played it because of course i've been down in hades the entire time (laughs) um the explanation behind this patch is says the next experiment begins this time we're hoping to get your feedback on some balance changes we're using the 222 roll queue rule set so we can get a feel on how these balance changes might affect the live game i don't know what that sentence means yeah essentially they're gonna throw spaghetti at the wall so that you can get a feel for how these balances might affect the that's isn't that normally what happens like why do you have to specify that maybe it's just like you know their generic thing they're mm-hmm. just like yeah we're, we're gonna throw spaghetti here you guys tell us if it works or not all right spaghetti all right so we have changes to three of the heroes baptiste to adjust uh baptiste's overall power for the recent increased effectiveness of his biotic launcher and amplification matrix we're taking some durability out of his immortality field and increasing the cost of his ultimate once again. So his immortality field is down from 200 to 150. And the uh, amplification amplification matrix costs 15% more to uh to build up. I'm I'm very okay with this change. I think BAP got his uh ultimate way too fast anyway, and the immortality field is just pain so I'm, I'm perfectly fine with this yeah i'm fine with this change as well i feel like it's it's just enough where you know immortality field is immortality field it's going to protect a lot of people but having it like a quarter of an hp less it's going to be a lot quicker and it's going to force baptiste players to figure out the timing on dropping that uh, fast mm-hmm. enough and the amp matrix oppressive. Yeah, and the Amp Matrix increase is going to just make sure that Baptiste doesn't have Amp Matrix every single fight. It's going to be, you know, finally every other fight. I think his was, it's either, it's him and Moira who always get their Amp, their, not Amp, who get their ults like, immediately. Like, even within first fight territory, they're already at their ult. It's insane. So, I definitely think that this uh, nerf to his ult was definitely warranted. So moving on to D.Va, we're increasing the ratio of armor to health that D.Va's mech has to enable it to withstand more damage from shotguns, beams, and weapons with a high rate of fire. So the mech armor was redistributed. So instead of being 200 to 400, um, mech armor is 300 and health is 300. So it's it's an even split. Uh, 
Yeah, as as I used to play Diva whenever we play Dive because I used to not be good at Zarya. But then facing up against those Zaryas with high charge, it's, it's just, just kill me now. There's no way you can survive. But hopefully you get a little bit more with Diva. You're able to peel a little easier. Yeah, I, I like the split a little bit. It's going to be more durable for the uh, for the Diva players. Um, it's going to give them a little bit more survivability. We don't have to worry about just getting completely like beamed down 24-7. Like, we'll have a little bit more survivability. Obviously, we have to play around that, but it won't be like two seconds in, like a second and a half, like full charge Zarya, boom, you're out of your mech. Like, yeah. you, you actually have a little bit of a chance of uh like getting out yeah you're not going to be able to take down the zarya but you're you're going to be able to hopefully get away with a little bit of health left so you can find a health pack or something or get back to your healers Mm -hmm. and finally we have reinhardt i'm really excited about these changes um Mm -hmm. the intent of these changes is to slightly bolster reinhardt's frontline presence once he closes the distance with an enemy the increased rocket hammer damage will uh, reduce the number of swings necessary to eliminate some heroes so we'll be keeping a close eye on the overall impact of this change his base armor has been increased from 200 to 250 and the rocket hammer has increased damage from 75 to 85 which i'm very excited about because last match we had with the zomniks i was a reinhardt going against another reinhardt i got him so low and then he pocket mercy just came in and, and saved him and then i died because my mercy or I don't even think we had a Mercy. I think we had a Lucio and an Ana. And so the Mercy just saved him. And I was just so mad. So, so mad because I had him. Yeah, I'm very happy for these changes. And it was something that I was complaining about with a couple of the um, varsity players on our team. It was the fact that you can't, you feel like you have no impact when you're playing Reinhardt. Um, even when you close the distance, when you like actually get in their face and you do what you need to do as a Reinhardt, you have like you have no capability of dealing the damage that you needed. Um, and with this change, I feel like even if it's it's literally ten more damage, right? Um, it's gonna be enough to apply more pressure to the to the enemy. Where if they are getting pocketed by Mercy, if you get in that second swing fast enough. It takes the it takes exactly three swings. You don't have to worry about the full overheal or anything. You have time to like make sure that it goes down. Um, and another thing, you know, with this little bit of extra damage, it doesn't mean a lot. But like now with Baptiste immortality field dropping down as well, this means it's only two swings to break the to break the uh, immortality field, which is really big for. Uh, for Ryan players, because we can prioritize that while the team works on the works on the damage. And the armor change is really nice too, especially uh, coupled with that damage increase. Cause I feel like once you put your shield down as Ryan, you become a squishy, even though you're a tank. Cause it's so easy to, to take him out when he's, if you have enough distance, he doesn't have the distance as, unless he's using the fire strike. And once that's out and if there's not really any space to use his shield, your Ryan's kind of done. Yeah, you just kind of walk around and just take L's. <laughs> this might as well happen. Just, just kill me now. Let me respawn. Let's let's reset that. Yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna feed to get the reset. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's experimental for now. There's nothing new for the live patch, not since November 19th. 
Um, nothing new on the PTR patch since the 30th, which was just stability updates, whatever that means. I really hope that all of these changes go through. I, The only one I could see them maybe changing would be the Reinhardt one if they don't think that the damage is is at the right level. Yeah, I, I feel like the Reinhardt one is going to be the one that they're looking at the most because let's just say if Ryan does really well, like let's say if Ryan has like a spike increase in, in usage rate, uh, just because he has more damage, people are going to take note. They're going to be like, oh, well, he can he can burst a 250 in three swings. Like there's, there's a reason why we probably should put him back down. Um, or, you know, they, they have to figure out the balance because they don't want to go back to goats where it's just all shields. Um, but I mean, they if that want happens, to... I can see a, I can see a Ryan Zarya meta. Yeah. yeah. Which, which would be okay for me because like, I like both those characters, but like at the same time, I understand playing behind barriers is kind of a boring overwatch experience. Um, but at the same time, like we kind of need like a reason for us tanks to even play the game. Otherwise it's just like, why, why would I stand here when I can be shooting people, you know? That's when you play. That's when you like. If you want to do that, you're you're forced to play like Diva or Zarya or Sigma at that point. Okay, so moving on to, I guess the rest of this is just league stuff. So, yeah, player moves. Kevin, you want to handle that? Yeah, there, there's been a couple of kind of interesting player moves that we could talk about that happened over the course of this week. Um, one of the cool ones, uh, KSF moved over to the Houston Outlaws. Um, so you know you got. You may have lost Linkser, but now you have, you know, another solid uh, sniper to fill in that position. So really excited for KSF to be moving there. Um, in terms of the Valiant, the Valiant got Agilities back, um, which is really funny because when we saw the tweet, it was um, Agilities was just scrolling through Twitter and he's like, hmm, I want in and out. It's just, it's just like I'm going back to the Valiant, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then uh, the Valiant tweeted back at him. I think it was like, um, "Hope you had a fun vacation in Toronto. I hope you're ready to get back to work in LA or something like that." <laughs> I'm like, oh man, that's like that's a crazy shade being thrown there. But um, kind of glad that Agilities is going to be getting his spot back um, on the Valiant. I hope that you know they can use his abilities to the to the best um they also you know they didn't have a genji player so bringing him back in is really important for paris paris decided to make a move today we we were all discussing uh they released most of their roster um as of recording today which is the ninth um paris was just like you know what we'll we'll break our silence today's the day and they dropped four or they dropped six consecutive tweets announcing that they signed uh, Naga, Onigod, uh, Don, uh, Neptuno, Khan, and Elevote all to the Paris Eternal. So now they have a solid six. Um, we were saying last week that Paris was one of those teams that if the league were to cut out a couple teams, I could see Paris dropping out where they have no, like they have no roster to kind of go off of, but now that they made this play, I'm assuming that Paris has a reason to stay in or is not going to be one of the teams that is looking to be cut. Um, meanwhile, speaking of teams that 
need to build out a roster. We have uh, the New York Excelsior, who only have Jonak signed, and uh, London, who only has one other player signed, which I, I don't have the name at the moment. But both of those teams only have one player. So expect you know those two teams to be making a lot of player announcements or to uh, announce that they are removing themselves from the league. That would suck, but it would be... I, I hope Jonak finds friends to play with. Like, all of his friends went to Seoul. Uh, so let's just hope that he can find a team that he could be built around or the team could build around him. I'm still kind of surprised that New York let go of SBB. I, I agree. Like, SBB has kind of been, like, their mascot besides, you know, Jonak. It's in them, that too. Whole... Like, they're, they're, like, the poster children for NYXL. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, NYXL is no longer the boy band group that we all wanted. Uh, we, we now just have Jonak uh, as, a, as a solo career. So we'll see how that goes. I'm still really... London is concerning to me because it, may, it would make sense that if they're going to get rid of a team, it would be a European team like we talked about last week. And now that Paris is built up and London only has one, are, are they going to keep going? Because Cloud9, I mean, Cloud9's an established organization for yeah. esports. So I would think that compared to other teams, they would have a, a more stable financial backing. And they specifically sought out London as um, a, a relatively underrepresented hub of esports. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, one thing that I was looking at specifically is if what it, like I feel like it goes either way here. Um Cloud9 is either going to keep investing into it and just being like, "All right, you know what? We have we have our presence here in London. We need to keep it up while we can." Or they just drop it and say, "You know what? It's just not a not a part of we're not making any money off of this. Um mm-hmm. we might as well put our resources into other teams and other places so um that i can see that as another option i really don't want that to be the option i just want um i i just want you know whatever happens to london to be the right move for you know c9 so uh, something that also came up this week is avast spoke out about his his thoughts on um the current state of the overwatch league so he he tweeted out about this, and I'm just going to read um, his series of tweets. So this is in response to um, a tweet saying that, according to sources, both Johnny and Mecco are struggling to find teams for 2021. With the depth of talent at the off-tank position, most teams being comfortable with their selections, there's a chance neither of them will be in the league next season. Um, and so Avast responds, I forgot to tweet about this, but to follow up to what I said about Nero on moving Nero to shock. Players are incentivized in L to never go to teams that aren't shock because one season on a bad team, even if they play fine, means they're out of the league for some reason. I think there's a balance to be found between new talent and talent that has stagnated slash is no longer market price, but there is some huge bias against veteran players that went to bad teams or didn't play because of a meta swap in L. Also, if after conversations take place and players are still asking for way more than their current market value, that's a separate issue where these players' representation is failing and asking for too much. So there's a lot of aspects to that. There is, of course, 
players thinking they're worth a lot more than they are because they used to be a lot better than they are and they were playing better in a a different Overwatch environment. But also there is that that interesting um, thought that there there's no incentive to move to a team that isn't the shock because like look at Paris, look what happened to Paris. They they got so far. And then now they're nowhere. You've got the, the Paris players who aren't Korean struggling to find a team and, and potentially not playing at all. Yeah, I, I feel that. Um, it, it's one of those things where when you see a player um, and you try to figure out how much they cost, you don't know if from, especially from like an outside viewer's point of view, we don't know what that price is. Like how much are they really asking for? Um and it's weird because I know that people want to sign with the shock because it's just like they have a pedigree. They've won two in a row. Like they're, they're doing something right. They're doing something. Yeah, they're doing something correct. And then if you're a different team, if you're literally any other team in the league, you're always the underdogs. You're always thinking about like, oh, what can we do to make this work? Right. Um, and it gets to a point where you don't know if it's worth signing a new player, if it's worth investing, you know, for veteran talent to teach your new, your new talent, um, if it's worth it or not. Like if you don't have a, a squad of people who, you know, can deliver, then why even build the team in the first place is mm-hmm. what a lot of the teams are thinking. But the one thing that they have to keep in mind as well is like, you know, this there's untapped talent. Like if you find the untapped talent, you essentially have like an amazing squad already built. So think about all that, figure out how you want to play it. And um, yeah, go from there. Is there anything, cause I know a lot of these moves are, are pending league. Like you have to get the league approval to get them done. Um, is there anything that the league, do you think they should be doing anything to prevent the, the shock from being just from, from being kind of this, this super team where people are not encouraged to move anywhere except the shock, or is it, is it just not their place to, to do that? I don't think the league has like any reason not to do that. Uh, you know, uh-huh. like even let's just say if like the shock want to sign somebody and they're just like, nah, don't like they should deny, you know, a certain player from joining the team. Um, I don't think it's enough for the shock to not have, you know, the right pieces anyways to keep it competitive. Mm -hmm. You know, like I feel like there is still teams out there who are very strong and very competitive. Like look at Philly, look at, you know, look at Shanghai, look at, you know, the up and coming gladiators. Like they have personnel that are good, but people who are looking at the teams are like, well, if we aren't signing with a team that at least has a chance on paper what is the point but at the same time like if you think about it you never know what the meta is going to be you, like we we saw that huge flip coming through like we we played goats for the longest time and like if you're a tracer player during the goats meta and you don't know how to play zarya you're not playing like you're just sitting on the bench you're just bench warming you get to the you get to the next one where it's like oh two 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 right if you don't have a doomfist player what are you doing right like you're you're feeding that's what it is like you have to have 
a plan going in and it's it's really difficult i know it's really rough to think about but it does get to a point where if you aren't thinking about the next move you are like you you won't have the personnel to make it happen we saw this like i guess the last example was um there was that meta shift where they needed a genji player right like every team needed a genji and for the shock we had some genji players right but there was nobody who was really good at it like Mm -hmm. i understand like oh let's put super in and like (laughs) i guess we did but at the same time you just want to be like well what would happen if we grabbed somebody like tayo right if we got tayo Mm -hmm. like it's having that backup person like available to be good enough to fill in those slots that's important so yeah it 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 really does come down to the meta you teams want to have players who are ready and are ready to play and all but at the same time you don't want to like sign players that you know that you can't use it's it's just a very weird like balance when the teams say like pending league approval now my question is what does that actually mean like what what in a trade or a signing or anything would grant would not grant would would cause the league to say no because on one hand like i think i definitely think they should leave it free for the teams to decide who they want who makes the best offer and that stuff although that does kind of disadvantage teams with less money um but i mean that's just how it goes but what is what in the league's eyes is like nah fam you're not doing that yeah that that is one thing that we we all would like to know but we don't know what you know the league can and cannot approve um but yeah has there, we, we has can... there been any that's been not approved i can't think of anything it's always just says pending league approval and then it goes through yeah uh, i don't know uh, like i know in you know in the big leagues when we we're talking about the nba where uh they prevented chris paul from signing with the lakers so mm-hmm. that he could go and play with kobe like things like that where it's it's big it's like a big trade like i don't know what other moves you can make that would just say that would prevent him from just being like straight up no yeah you can't you can't do that that's that's a no no um i haven't seen anything from them that's like oh well this just makes you know i mean the shock built their players to be op it's more like they didn't know who was coming to the team until it was like already too late you know so I guess moving on to other league-related issues. Um, this isn't kind of news per se. Um, a big part of, I think, what made, like also what convinced me that esports was a legitimate thing was the presence of like physical events. And obviously we haven't been able to uh, to really get that because of COVID, obviously. But um I think that's a, it's a big thing that's missing from what's making the Overwatch League and, and esports as successful as they could be, you know? Um, because a lot of people, like if you read the article, there's an article on Fansided that I think was published, I think it was yesterday or was it? It was, yeah, it was published yesterday. Um, and, and it's talking to a lot of organizations or fan clubs that kind of grew out of just being fans of it and now have 
hundreds and hundreds of members. But a lot of the big testimony that happens is um, a lot of people who are part of these groups, like either A, they weren't a fan of going to physical events before they really discovered Overwatch fan clubs. And B, like people who, like me, never considered esports really a legitimate um, aspect of sports until like they saw the the fan aspect of it yeah it's one of those seeing is believing things where once you actually have a group of people together you you show them like hey we actually have a group we have a community here um i i honestly think that this is big like this was a big part of it like i used to help out on you know the sf shock events and being able to just go out there and meet people uh just Proved to me that, you know, there's still people who love this game. There's people who right. are still playing this game. Um, even if, let's just say, like, I fall out of it personally. Like, I still respect everybody who puts in the work to make it happen. Um, and, yeah, that's one of the hardest aspects. It's, like, being able to, like, meet people and being able to hang out and stuff like that. We saw that um, when if you were to go to any of the watch parties that people were offering for Overwatch League, uh you get to meet people you get to see familiar faces and it's like going out and hanging out with friends uh all sharing the same subject so for me it was like you know going going to the uh going to the events meeting people doing events just yeah it's it's something that like you can't have in an online server room like you have to physically be there and say like being able to meet people it's important not only for like the social aspect of like ooh, we're having this for social media but it was also like a way of getting us players outside of the house um right. and and meeting other players and other gamers who really respect the game just as much as we do right because like a lot of the time play gamers do have that um stereotype of never leaving the house and for a lot of people it's true that they don't really they'd rather just talk with people online than meet them in person but for like read the article for a lot of people this was this was an excuse for them to to leave the house it's like motivated them to actually try to meet new people and for the for the game like it was huge for like the health of the community in this game like having people out and about and then um people in public places like people would hold uh watch parties at bars and that's how you grow the community because people just walking by discover it um, I remember being in Denny's and they were playing the Overwatch League in the Denny's on the TVs, which is probably one of the weirdest places that I never would have expected to see the uh, the Overwatch League playing. Um, but I never went to any of, of the official team events. I never got to go to any watch parties. Uh, what was your experience like at those, Kevin? Um, I was on staff, so ah. I <laughs> I have a slightly different perspective, but honestly... It's a great experience. Like the first thing that you get to do, like especially if it's a smaller one. Um, I was at the one where we had Sinatra and Super in for the first time. Like it was our first time being in San Francisco. Um, so that was a really interesting watch party. It was we've rented out a whole theater. Um, we had a bunch of people coming in. Uh, we had you know pizza. We had um just like goodie bags and stuff like that and we all just watched i think it was another like simple game um mm -hmm. but 
it, it was a it was a good match, honestly. Um, and for me personally, like being able to talk with Sinatra and Super just for a little bit, um, just to say like, hey, how's it how's it like? Do you guys like it out here? Um, like, what made you sign with the Shock specifically? Um, and there's a lot of them who are just like they were really like ready to go. They were just like we 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 got signed early and we're just waiting for our time to to start up so um they're just getting ready meeting the team i'm like How, how's everybody who do you who do you like from the so from the media club and everybody um but yeah it's just really interesting to to have that experience i feel like half of the fun is running into people and talking with people um which now we we miss out on but that's just how it is what was it like like being on staff and interacting with both like the fans and like the actual team for you? How 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 do you feel that that experience was was different than just being there as a fan? Um I feel like the main difference is obviously you have to show up early and it's more I wouldn't say it's more work. I would say like you are more involved with the team and making sure that the operations go well. And then once the game starts, then you can kind of relax and watch everybody and watch mm-hmm. as a fan at, in that moment. Um, for me, I got to help out with a lot of the smaller events that happened at either colleges or at uh, like the state fair. So um, I would say, yeah, we had one that was hosted at RU where we invited colleges to come over and we had like a mini LAN. We, we watched the game. Um, and it was more of just like a college casual thing, but it was a mm-hmm. big, it was a bigger event. So I think the only difference is when you're on staff, you feel like you have a sense of responsibility to the team to help them out, which is nice and all like I get to kind of chill and do what I need to do. But at the end of the day, like we're all fans, we're all just here to watch the game. We're here to enjoy the match. So, um, I hope that that's the way how it goes. I hope that uh, I I could say that it's how it works for the San Francisco Shock. They're very much uh, they're very much a family. Like I I met a lot of my greatest friends by working with them. So I hope that you know we could get back to that once everything is safe. Um, I would love to go back and you know maybe cast an event or uh, help out X Y and Z. You know. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, I just hope that we can get to that point again where we can have people um, hang out and talking. What would you say you missed the most about the events? I would just say the people. I feel like the people is one of the things that a lot of people don't know about. Like uh, being able to being able to have like kind of a family who is willing to help you out. Uh, I mean, the the goodie bags are not bad either, (laughs) (laughs) but like, really, it does come down to like meeting certain people. Like there's one guy, uh, Jay Gist. Um, I can, I can give him a shout out. He is, he's from Sacramento. Um, but he, he's the president of the shockwaves, which is a fan club. Um, he puts in so much work into, into things and without, his involvement i probably wouldn't have a lot of the reach that i do have in california or at least in hmm. NorCal. okay um like without him like i wouldn't have done the state fair 
um like he he was like hey we're doing overwatch at the state fair for two weeks you want to come down and cast it and i'm like yeah sure I, i wouldn't mind and you know the san francisco shock had like a booth there but that led to me casting with Nevix, which is something that like you would never in yeah, a million no, years a- have that w- happen to you, right? That's not something like, that happens to everybody. Exactly. So being able to cast with an Overwatch League player is insane. Um, and I, I'm grateful to him. And he's also like trying to set up another tournament. Uh, he's just sending me a whole bunch of just things that he has planned out. So I hope that I get to be a part of that later down the line as well. Um, but it, it's just a matter of where we're going to end up uh, with everything. I just hope that once everything is safe, we could all get back to meeting each other, having these events safely and uh, yeah, just enjoying the games as is. Um, if, if anything, maybe we just have to rent out like a big park or something and like just, sit around on an inflatable screen and just watch it i mean there are drive-thrus yeah we need drive-in theaters I, i'm saying like drive-in theaters are probably making a killing right now but oh absolutely that's... well in the absence of the big old drive-thrus um the la valiant have announced that they're going to be having the their frontier ball event with the mayhem the gladiators and the rain on december 12th and 13th so i think that's saturday sunday um it's going to be a contain an art and fashion showcase an exhibition match with influencers and past players and a competitive show match with the 2021 rosters um art and fashion showcase is is interesting for me i think i i understand the art aspect of it it's like maybe fan art and stuff but fashion showcase is that like is that like new a new apparel line is it like a cosplay thing i i am confused i hope i hope it's a cosplay event because honestly the cosplays that these teams could bring are really important yeah and really cool um but i wouldn't mind if it was like a fashion showcase where it's just like you know uh painted nikes or something like that like overwatch themed or team themed like nikes yeah like commissioned uh fashion pieces yeah exactly like it would be really cool to see that um that's a good fundraiser for them i guess yeah and if you want to use that also as an auction to to raise more money you can do that as well there's just a lot of really interesting aspects um that you could put into there but yeah if the fashion aspect is a cosplay event that that's cool uh that's something that you could show on stream um if it is like a showcase slash you know um auction of some sorts uh you could use it to fill in b-roll and stuff like that on on stream so we'll see how that plays out i i'm kind of interested to see how well they execute this we did something like this with the california cup when we had the valiant um and the shock go back and forth between la um i worked on that one as well i was behind the scenes helping out with um setting up replays and stuff like that uh they essentially threw me in front of a machine and said figure it out and i'm like oh (laughs) that's not how this works (laughs) but it was it was cool it was a fun event but honestly i just hope that whatever this does it's big enough to gain traction and uh you know still prove to people that you know these matches are going to happen the one thing that i'm mostly excited though is the exhibition match right 
yeah. who who are you yeah. bringing? Like who who which influencers and past players are gonna be here? Um, like who would who would you want to see if you could get like maybe three players in, like influencer wise? Who would you want to see? Influencer wise, influence or past players. I want to see Dunky play. I like. I, I really like Dunky. <laughs> He's just fun. We're not counting celebrities as influencers, right? I mean, you could. Fine, Dunky, Josh Hutcherson, and um, Lavar Burton, because his <laughs> daughter. So I want to see Lavar Burton just absolutely rock up on a Widowmaker. Yeah, I, that that would be something that's really interesting. Um. For me, I feel like a really interesting pass player to bring back would be Silk Thread. Um, I feel like if he was he was down, I know that he's in Berkeley. Um, mm-hmm. He signed he signed to UC Berkeley. Not that sounds like he signed a contract, dude. No, he got enrolled into Berkeley, UC <laughs> Berkeley. Uh, he's go, he's going for actual school, which is important. Um, I, I would like to see that. I think that would be a really nice nod. Um, let's see who who else had like impact from these teams from a while ago hydration um, big goose i would yeah shaz. big goose and shaz would be interesting to come back i can see them i would back it's not been too long yeah uh, one of the funny ones because it is the rain what if baby bay came back for like a game Ooh, that would that would bring back a lot of people Ooh. uh just to just to see him just to see know, his smolder just to see him like just play maybe even one show match it would be right yeah it would be insane um but yeah, it he doesn't have to, you know, pop off or anything. It'd just be like just be there, have fun with the exhibition match. What if he just throws? <laughs> <laughs> He's just there. They bring back Dufran for no reason. Like just walk off the map. It, it, they they bring him back, they tell him stop planting, play one game. Like <laughs> that'd be be interesting. It would be interesting. If Dufran comes back for he just has the, a, a stall selling vegetables. Yeah. It that would be uh that would be something that would stir up a crowd. I would buy vegetables from Defran. Oh yeah, for sure. He he definitely looks like he knows what he's doing. Well, well, at least at least they're doing something to keep the fans occupied. Like this is again giving like more faith that the league is gonna hopefully be okay in the next season. Like a lot of teams are broke right now, so they can't really afford all that much. But I mean the teams that have money, I think, should be fine. So we'll we'll have at least something of a season. Um, hopefully, with the the vaccines being pumped out right now, we'll have a, a, a hopefully a speedy return to normalcy in the Overwatch League. Um, last thing I found this is this is an interesting thing that they're doing. But you can submit your vods for review by Overwatch League players. The promo image that they have for this, I feel like it's a little bit misleading because the promo image for this shows um, space. Who else is it? It shows space, sideshow, uh, and super and um, Bren. But I, I highly doubt that if you uh, if you submit, you're gonna get one of them. Yeah, I honestly think it would be you're getting a bench. Player. you're either getting yeah you're either getting a bench player or you're getting a play or you're getting a coach like or a streamer like i would be fine if it was a coach like yeah if 
Pavane, like hypothetically, like Krusty, uh, you know, just a lot of the bigger coaches, if they were to just say like, oh yeah, your positioning here is off. Like it, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah, to say like, oh, it's from an Overwatch player. Like, I hope that they play the same role as me and not just like, you know, <laughs> something else, you know? Yeah. So the the form says submit your capitals, your Overwatch gameplay for a chance to have it reviewed by an Owl Pro personality. The guidelines are one to three minute gameplay clips of the most hype moment from your match um, have to be 1920 by 1080 and 60 fps clips should not include any in-game comms clips should not include offensive in-game chat text you have to be 18 or older to participate but i I don't it doesn't look like this is a a paid thing so this is not a fundraising um push for the league i guess this is probably just like an engagement thing i guess but it's like it's a, you're you're submitting for a chance to so there's no there's nothing that says how many people are going to be uh, selected for this. Yeah, and it, it looks like it's a it's a sweepstakes kind of thing, right? Just how many people you can get to sign up, and then maybe it is one of those four, and they'll just like do one. <laughs> I mean, if they don't, it's it's terribly misleading. Yeah. They should have a list of like who is available for it. Yeah, because I don't feel like they all cover everything. Oh wait, oh okay, okay. Was it the winter ball exhibition that the 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 yeah, Valley? Okay, okay. They saw they said um the gladiators said Silk Thread and Bishu are coming. Oh, you called it. I called it. Wow. They, they they're making tweets now, but yeah, I'm, I'm very, they're very making insane. Tweets. Yeah, they're making tweets. I ch- I typed in Twitter on Twitter. I'm stupid. Winter ball in three days. Uh, they changed their Twitter. La Valiant Winter ball in three days. Yeah, the, the gladiator said silk thread, uh, and Bijou, and paintbrush. Who else is coming? Oh, okay. So uh, for we, if you've been missing dressing up for homestands, now's your chance. We're holding a selfie sweepstakes for the Valiant Winter Ball presented by Frontier Corps. Um, Corp. Submit selfies with one of the following Frontier Ball themes. Winter, formal, or Overwatch for a chance to win. And you, you get a prize pack. It looks like the prize pack includes like the Neandroid Lucio figure, uh, a May-themed Pachamari. Dude, I want the Hammond umbrella. Pachamari, the Hammond umbrella, $150 to Amazon, um, and any name Valiant jersey. The Hammond umbrella looks really sweet. I love the Hammond umbrella. I was actually going to buy that, that. Is that a Pachamari cookie jar or something? I think it's a mug. Ah, I want the Pachamari mug. The Pachi mug. Pachi yeah. muggery. So there's going to be a lot more announcements, obviously. If it's in three days, there's going to be a lot more coming in the future. Um so we'll see if you know Florida or Atlanta make a call. Like, especially okay, if Atlanta says the friend is gonna play, like people are gonna they're gonna freak out. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Anything else we want to talk about? Uh no, I would just say it 
get your get your Christmas shopping done early. Uh, if you miss the Christmas music, uh, play it in your own earphones. And <laughs> I, I was saying, like, I feel like people are missing the Christmas music because they keep telling me on Beat Saber to go get it. And like, I have some. I have like Feliz Navidad. All I want for Christmas is you and rocking around the Christmas tree. Uh-huh. But like, I feel like if we were in the normal state that probably wouldn't be a thing so there's a thing that um i guess it's it's a i don't know if it's a real competition or it's a real thing but there's this thing that some of my facebook friends posted like they're trying to see how long they can go without hearing um last christmas by wham oh yeah like it's like it's just you you put on your radio and hopefully you can last it all throughout christmas without hearing it i don't know why i think it's a fine song it's like it's whatever but so far i have not heard the song so i'm okay but then again i mostly just listen to podcasts <laughs> and, this, and it like includes commercials on tv and stuff so so far i haven't heard it i think we're good i don't okay. i don't think that there's anything else that we need to spill out i mean yeah just get your christmas shopping done early uh tune into that event and uh, look forward to the winter event, which we should be having next week. Yep. With uh, Hopefully that'll come out. Because if not, then they're pushing way too close to uh, the actual holidays and people will not be playing. Although they might be pushing it back if they do. I can see that them holding it back so that they're not competing with people playing cyberpunk. Because I know that some people on my team, including a certain... Nicholas Jambalaya, Jim Jam, Jefferson, Jam on Toast, Forte will be playing uh, today Cyberpunk instead of going to practice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, to everybody who's going to be playing that, I will enjoy playing that alongside you spiritually. Um, and everybody else, uh, have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Adios. Next week, we cover everything from the Winter Wonderland event as we celebrate another year of Overwatch. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.